I'm Brett McGarry. This week on The Couch Potatoes, we'll mark the beginning of a new month. I'm Jeff Braun. We'll do that with the April movie preview. Also, I went to see Ready Player One, expecting it to Ready Player Suck. Thankfully, I was wrong, and I'll tell you why. First, what's new in theaters this month? And new this weekend, Emily Blunt and John Krasinski star in the horror movie A Quiet Place. Seriously, it's that quiet. It actually is. I'll explain in a minute, but first, something about the movie we can actually listen to. In a quiet place, if they hear you, they hunt you. A Quiet Place is the most original and scariest movie in years. And now it's 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Rated PG-13. PG-13 for a horror movie? Not a fan of that. And one problem with the 100% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes quote, that's no longer the case. At least two reviewers have unfreshified it a bit, although one of them writes for a gaming magazine, so not a real critic. Uh, The other writes for The Ringer, though. It's Bill Simmons' Grantland Redux, so that's legit. Anyways, it's some nerve to put the 100 quote in the TV commercial before the movie comes out, because the Rotten Tomatoes score can change ten times a day, and in the week before a movie comes out, it is constantly in flux, Studio has no idea when reviews will be published. Anyways, A Quiet Place stars real-life married couple Emily Blunt and John Krasinski as a movie-life married couple with a couple of kids who live under the worst conditions imaginable. They live in a cabin in the woods, and if they make any sound, any sound at all, monsters come and eat them. We only get glimpses in the trailers of the monsters, but they look like they're 10 feet tall, very spry bird or insect type things that swoop or run in out of nowhere and attack. The commercial shows an old man making noise in a suicide move. So it's a scare job where this family has to try to never make any sounds forever. Imagine if your whole life hinged on a sneeze. A quiet place. True. It's going to be in the first 10 minutes. Somebody sneezes. Come on. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you can't can't ever burp anymore. Yeah. I think, I bet you they have a tub full of water, and if you feel a sneeze coming on, you dip your head in the water. Oh. Then the sound can't get up. That's that's an interesting I could live tactic. in that world. I could survive. Yeah, look at that. You've already got the strategy <laughs> figured out. You don't you don't ever leave the house? No. Right? No. Already, as it is. So, yeah, you're good to go. All right. Next up this weekend, a movie called Blockers. Let's block those motherfuckers. I'm in. Pardon me? Just going through the laundry. Found these new thongs. You know I love it when the music stops, but come and strip that down for me. Tonight, I'm tearing these off with my teeth like an old school cartoon billy goat. Honey, Mitch, those are your daughters. It's about three parents of high school girls, and the parents are played by Leslie Mann, Ike Barinholtz, and WWE superstar John Cena. And his name is John Cena! So the three parents are concerned about what the girls are going to be up to on prom night. Julie left her laptop open. Because you're snooping on our kids? No. We don't understand what they're saying, so it's not snooping. Oh my god, I love puzzles. <laughs> Some about an eggplant. And teenage emoji eggplants are d- Wait, what? All emojis have a secret meaning, so like trees are we, and this thing is yas queen. Yas queen. This is a sex pet. They're planning on losing their virginity on prom night. I mean, it's not sex. They're just saying, hey, you're okay with me. You're okay with me. Baby. 
And Cena's daughter's next text was hashtag sexpack2018. So, uh, yeah, the jig is up, kids. So the parents head out to save their daughters from being teenagers. They're getting away. WWVDD. What would Vin Diesel do? Hey, Fast and the Furious is completely unrealistic. It's not a documentary. I get that. Leslie Mann and Baron Holtz are great all the time. Mann is in all the Judd Apatow movies. Baron Holtz was in the Mindy Project. John Cena, though, looks like he's holding his own after some bit parts in comedy movies like Trainwreck and Daddy's Home. And Blockers is getting solid reviews. I'm fully planning on having sex tonight. Wherever the night takes us. The night's going to take us there. Wherever the wind sails our ships. Your ship is going into my harbor. <laughs> Leslie Mann, by the way, is in all the Judd Apatow movies because they're married. Are you accusing Judd Apatow of nepotism? I think so, because his daughters are in most of his movies as well. <laughs> Every time Leslie Mann has little girl kids in a movie, yeah. those are real life kids. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well, she is very good too, though. Super oh, she's funny. funny, yeah. I still think my favorite thing is her in the, the 40-year-old virgin where she's wants, is it the 40-year-old virgin where she wants French toast? Let's get some French toast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and she throws up in the car. <laughs> also new this weekend, a movie based on a true story of a high school sports team. Helen Hunt plays the coach in The Miracle Season. This is volleyball. I need to know if you're serious. You think this is pressure? How are you going to win if you can't even handle practice? We are this close to doing something no one thought we could do. Playing used to be fun. I try not to think about it. If we run the board, we got a shot at state. You mean to win? For Caroline. How many is the board? 15. That's right. It's a volleyball movie. Has there ever been a volleyball movie, Jeff? Wilson, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Just cast away. <laughs> I love volleyball, so I think this is kind of cool. It's about a state champion high school girls team whose captain tragically dies in a crash and now the rest of the team is kind of lost so they need to get it together if they want to repeat sounds like the movie is lost too unfortunately because it's getting mediocre reviews will west volleyball win back-to-back state championships you strong women win this for yourselves let's move on to friday the 13th Starting with a movie based on a video game. It's weird. You like hanging out with animals more than people. Yeah, well, animals get me. And it stars the busiest man in Hollywood, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You can't stop, can't stop The Rock! And the film is based on the classic arcade game, Rampage. Yeah, that's what the game sounded like when it was first released in 1986. It's about a giant gorilla, giant lizard, and a giant werewolf. Made gigantic by an experimental vitamin, a radioactive lake, and a food additive. You played as the monsters, and your mission was to destroy buildings before the military could bring you down. It was simple and smashy and satisfying. Jeff's nodding his head. Yeah, I enjoyed playing that one. Yeah, same here. Uh, let's find out how they've spun it into a movie. I rescued George when he was two years old. George never would have survived on his own. He definitely trusts you. 
Johnson plays a primatologist who's been caring for a George... Primatologist. You think that's a real word? I don't know. <laughs> a la symbologist. Sure. It sounds like a thing they made up for this movie. Okay. If you work at the zoo, don't bother calling us. <laughs> All right, well, let's just pretend that a primatologist is a real thing. Okay. Who has been caring for George the albino silverback gorilla for a long time. He's a gentle, intelligent beast who gets hit by a genetic experiment that makes him really big. Last night, George was seven feet and weighed 500 pounds. George, you okay, buddy? You're scared. It's okay. This morning, he's nine feet pushing a thousand. Is he the only one? Oh, you didn't know about the 30-foot wolf? Hey, that's Negan from The Walking Dead, a.k.a. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. And by the way, primatology is the scientific study of primates. Oh. So says Google. So this movie could happen. I get it. Soon, George the Giant Gorilla and the Giant Wolf are rampaging through the streets of Chicago. George didn't ask for this. They're going to put him down. That's not happening. Rampage the movie actually looks... Not terrible. In case you were wondering why there are only two monsters. Is there something in the river? I was just thinking the only thing that's missing right now is a giant crocodile. Up next, we're going to find out who Sergeant Stubby is. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We're doing our April movie preview. We're on the 13th. We've already heard about Rampage coming out that day, but also on the 13th, an animated movie called Sergeant Stubby, an American Hero. How's this dog get in here? Get out! Get out of here! We have four weeks to turn you into soldiers. <laughs> At least he's ready. At first I thought it was just a cute story idea. Turns out, even though the movie's animated, it's based on the true story of Sergeant Stubby, a dog who was a World War I hero with the U.S. Army. Find a new buddy, Conroy? The sergeant wanted a mascot. Give the unit a different look. A different smell, too. Hey, no! Guess it's better to have every man and every dog we can get in this fight. According to secret government military files contained on Wikipedia, Stubby was a dog who was the official mascot of the 102nd Infantry Regiment. Assigned to the 26th Division, he served for 18 months and participated in 17 battles on the Western Front. He saved his regiment from surprise mustard gas attacks, found and comforted the wounded, and once even caught a German soldier by the seat of his pants holding him until the American soldiers found him. Every dog has his day and Stubby is finally getting his, immortalized on celluloid forever, and Sergeant Stubby in America. Well done, soldier. Thank you, sergeant. I was talking to the dog. Can't have a Friday the 13th without a scary movie. This time it's Bloomhouse's Truth or Dare. Penelope. Dan. Make out with Olivia. Let's get this party started. (laughs) Tight. Carter. Truth. What are your intentions with our sweet Olivia? I needed to find someone with friends that I could trick into coming here. I could tell Olivia was an easy target. I brought you all up here because I'm okay with strangers dying if it means I get to live. What the hell? The game's real. Okay, wherever you go, whatever you do, it'll find you. Bloomhouse is the production company behind scary movies like Paranormal Activity, The Purge, 
Insidious, Split, Get Out, Ouija, Origin of Evil, Gem and the Holograms, and all sorts of other horrific films. This one's about a group of attractive young people led by Lucy Hale from the TV show Pretty Little Liars. They all get sucked into a rather nefarious game of truth or dare. We're not playing the game. It's playing us. So what do we do? Only choose truth. Marky's constantly cheating on Lucas! Lucas, wait. I'm sorry. Touch me again and I'll break that hand. So if they don't do the dare, they die. Looks more gross than scary, actually, because people die in awful ways. Definitely not for you, Jeff. Break Olivia's hand. You have to do it. Look as pissed as I am at you right now. There's no way I'm gonna break your hand. Well, you don't really have a choice. God, just do it. It only ends when all the players are dead. And your turn's next. I have to ask you, truth or dare? <laughs> Hard pass. I'll wait a week because on the 20th, the long-awaited return of the worst cops on the planet, Super Troopers 2. Un, deux, trois, let's do it. They've been waiting for a second chance. Waiting for their country to need them again. That time is meow. What do you guys give me if I kill that bird? Farber, that's a bald eagle. Get away, baldy! Guys, what do I win? A one-way ticket to hell. The Broken Lizard comedy troupe rides again in the sequel to the hilarious comedy from 2002. The opening scene of that first Super Troopers where they pull over a car full of teens bugging out on weed and shrooms is still one of the funniest scenes of all time. This time round, the troopers have to go to Canada. Great, Tim Hortons ghost! Where they team up with some Mounties for a mission. I'm sure it's stupid, but it looks pretty super. What can I get for you guys? Whole beer? Leader of cola? What did you say? Do you want a liter of cola? Canada's pretty awesome. Boop, boop. Also on the 20th, something terrifying. From the deep, dark depths of the ocean. Something ominous lurks, constantly feeding, terrorizing the waters. It's God's most perfect killing machine. Disney nature invites you to follow Echo as he learns how to survive and find his place in this extraordinary world. Yeah, this must be Disney Nature's Dolphins, Earth Day 2018. Oh, it's a sweet, cuddly nature movie about dolphins. Probably a lot less blood than in Jaws. And it's narrated by the butterscotch stallion, Owen Wilson. Wow. 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 This should be a shoe-in for best picture at the Oscars next year, because honestly, how can amazing footage of dolphins being cute not be the best movie you've ever seen? It is as if God created the devil gave him Jaws. Wow. One more on April 20th. Paula Patton and Omar Epps star in Traffic, spelled with a K instead of a C. That is a hot ride. Built it myself. Where'd you learn that? The prison auto shop? Sweet ride. Smoking peace in the store. You a ball player? Not looking for any trouble. Trouble? Can't hold a polite conversation. <laughs> oh! People I work for do not accept mistakes. It's crazy. 
So as you heard there, Patton and Epps are heading off to a secluded spot. They meet some racist bikers at a gas station and this really strung out woman. Turns out the strung out woman left a surprise in Paula Patton's purse. Hey baby, your phone is ringing. That's not my phone. Hey, that girl. Something in my gut was telling me that she needed help. I think I put my phone in your bag by accident. Let me help you. Just give me the phone. Just give me the phone, okay? We will kill you. Hold on! So Paula Patton has the phone. Now they've come to get it, and they're mad. Traffic actually looks like it could be good for a thrill. We've already told you about one Emily Blunt and John Krasinski movie. Up next, we're going to tell you about another one. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Welcome back to The Couch Potatoes. I'm Jeff. He's Brett. We are wrapping up the April movie preview with two movies on the 27th and a little bit of deja vu for the leads of A Quiet Place as real-life married couple Emily Blunt and John Krasinski play a movie-life married couple, this time in the animated movie Animal Crackers. Meet Owen and Zoe. Day after day, they wake up and go through the same old routine. I'm eating dog biscuits for a job. Your dad has Let's me eating you, dog biscuits. You know, kinda. Biscuits for dogs. <laughs> they both work too hard. Hey, sweetie, I have a board meeting in a couple of minutes. Can you just grab Mackenzie from daycare? Yeah, sure thing, honey. They need a change. And I've got just the thing. You are now the proud owners of one rundown, worn-out circus. This is what we always wanted. So, they inherit a circus. Danny DeVito plays a circus clown, a magic one or something, who gives them this magic box of animal crackers. Keep this box close. It's yours now. The secret to the circus is inside. Old animal crackers? They're probably gross, right? They're gross. Holy moly, holy moly, holy moly. Daddy's cute. Thank you, Angel. <laughs> he turned into a hamster because he ate a hamster-shaped animal cracker, so they get this circus, they eat the crackers, and become the circus animals. How much acid do you think the guy who wrote this movie had to drop to come up with that idea? They say a circus is a lot like a family, but every family needs that special something that holds it all together. Does it bother you when I'm this close? Y your breath is not great. Yeah. Um, this is too close. Finally, for the first time since 2010, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is not opening the month of May. Instead, they decided to push their release date up a week to close out the month of April with Avengers Infinity War. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if we could become something more. So when they needed us, we could fight the battles. That they never could. 
Infinity War is the first of two movies that Marvel has been building towards since they launched their cinematic universe with Iron Man back in 2008, when they planted that seed at the end of the movie that the Avengers would one day be on the big screen. That finally happened in 2012 with Iron Man, Captain America, Thor, the Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye teaming up for what was then the biggest superhero adventure of all time, the biggest superhero movie of all time, now it's Black Panther. At the end of that movie, a tease of the bigger story to come, the big bad supervillain of the Marvel Universe, Thanos. And in this movie, they all finally meet him. In time, you will know what it's like to lose. To feel so desperately that you're right, yet to fail all the same. Dread it. Run from it. Destiny still arrives. Without getting too complicated with his backstory, Thanos is a bad hombre who lives somewhere out in deep space. He's evil, he likes to hurt people, and he wants to rule. Throughout these Marvel movies, we've been introduced to various Infinity Stones, and Thanos wants them all to himself to wear in this big glove called the Infinity Gauntlet, which was a huge comic book series back in the 1990s. It was a six-issue miniseries, and it was amazing. It was followed by the Infinity War and the Infinity Crusade. His desire to rule everything means every character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will come together. Iron Man, Spider-Man, Hulk, Black Widow, Falcon, Doctor Strange, and of course, the Black Panther. Evacuate the city. Engage all defenses. And get this man a shield. That man was Captain America, and then aliens invade, Thanos beats everyone up, yada yada yada, it all looks fun. Fun isn't something one considers when balancing the universe. But this <laughs> does put a smile on my face. Oh, and Thor is on a spaceship somewhere. Who the hell are you guys? It's the Guardians of the Galaxy! At long last, the Avengers and Guardians have come together. Also, I referenced two movies earlier. Originally, Infinity War was going to be two parts, with part two debuting in 2019. Now, it's simply known as the Untitled Avengers sequel. I'm guessing this Infinity War is not going to be resolved by the end of this movie. In the meantime, the Infinity War begins on April 27th. Yes, that's going to be a good one. I'm very excited for it, actually. Yeah, I'm going to probably see it multiple times. Do you think they're going to kill one of them? Yeah. Which one? Uh, Take bets. Captain America. I think so, too. I think this or is... Or even Iron Man. Yeah. Ooh. Those yeah. guys got to be want to be done with it by now. Well, I think <laughs> I think Chris Evans is... He's about ready to, to, to go. Um, yeah, Robert Downey Jr., maybe he'll retire or something. You know what I mean? Like, I can see him, like, in Spider-Man Homecoming, where he... Pops up for two scenes. Yeah. Robert, RDJ, you know, collects a fat check and goes home without having broken a sweat. Yeah. But I think uh, with, with Chris Evans, and particularly with that character, it would make sense for Captain America to die 
in the you know to be the sacrifice or whatever to yep. to die the heroic death to to die like a soldier. I uh, sort of hope that happens because then I can uh, spend the rest of my life having the argument which is the best superhero trilogy. The Dark Knight trilogy with Christian Bale, or the Captain America trilogy with, because uh, those Captain America movies, for my money, are the best thing that, out of this whole Marvel mess. If you were to take a, a, a single trilogy, for sure, uh, yeah. the Captain America movies, absolutely. I just recently watched the first Avenger, Captain America, the first Avenger again. Loved it all I know, the same. It's such a great. Uh, it makes me wish they would sort of go back and do more of his adventures during World War II. Well, I think that was the original plan. I, I was surprised actually when. Yeah, this the the movie ended and it bumped him into the future. Yeah, but I guess they had their Avengers plan, right? Yeah, they had to, they had to get him uh, yeah. into the future. So that's cool. Hey, you want to take a quick peek at what's coming to home video? Sure. All right, cool. let's start with this. My brother's adored by the women who wear our design. You look beautiful. Three-time Academy Award winner Daniel Day-Lewis is one of the best actors alive. I feel as if I've been looking for you for a very long time. Don't miss his final and most astonishing performance in Phantom Thread. Hailed by the LA Times, Vanity Fair, and Rolling Stone as one of the best pictures of the year. I have things I simply cannot do without you. Phantom Thread. Final performance because he said he's retiring. He did not uh, died in the past week or anything like that. I don't believe it either. I think he'll come back. But honestly, Phantom Thread, great movie. Daniel Day-Lewis, weirdly underrated. They didn't make a big a stink out of his performance like he usually gets. And uh, I think 30, 40, 50 years down the road, people look back and this is probably one of his best performances. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's coming to DVD, Blu-ray, and uh, on demand, uh, along with a whole bunch of other movies with big performers. Uh, yeah. Over on Blu-ray, hard copies of Molly's Game. With Jessica Chastain, All the Money in the World, with Christopher Plummer, Marky Mark, and Michelle Williams, and The Greatest Showman, the one where Hugh Jackman plays uh, circus inventor P.T. Barnum, and a digital HD on Tuesday, Den of Thieves, starring Gerard Butler as a cop who gets involved with some bank robbers or some garbage like and that. And there's going to be a sequel. Are you serious? Yes. Is it called Another Den of Thieves? <laughs> I don't know, but uh, <laughs> hang on, I'm just pulling up his box office now. I was stunned to learn that it had a sequel. This coming. is one of these things where uh, the producers are. Con artists or something. They're, uh, they're, it's a front for mob money or something like that. Well, it opened with it's, fifteen it's the, million. It's the plot of uh, Crocodile Dundee three, <laughs> where those guys were making garbage movies on purpose. Whatever. <laughs> it made seventy four million dollars. Are worldwide. you serious? So I'm guessing the budget was probably under I don't know ten twenty million bucks. Yeah, all right. So and they released it what in uh, <laughs> like mid January. Six weeks ago, yeah. No, it was mid January. Oh, was it that long? So ago? it was kind of in the dead of winter. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and people went to see it. Whatever. There you go. Uh, also on digital HD on Tuesday, Christian Bale in Hostiles. That's sort of that Civil War era sh- uh, movie. The third Maze Runner, The Death Cure. I think that's the last one there. And then uh, the Chris Hemsworth in Twelve Strong. That's the Iraq War movie, right? That's the or uh, Afghanistan. Yeah, that's the the horse soldiers. Right, it's where the Americans have to go in on horseback. Starring Chris Hemsworth, called Twelve Strong, but it'll always be known to me as Thor Goes to War. Interesting thing about the Greatest Showman, that movie opened Big. in uh, with it was flat. It opened with eight point eight million dollars. It opened on December twentieth. So I mean, there was a whole bunch of movies that always open right Including around Christmas, Star right? Wars. And so it opened with eight point eight million dollars. Uh, Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, uh, Zendaya is in that film. Rebecca Ferguson and Michelle Williams is in it. And it's about yeah, P. T. Barnum, right? Yeah. Well, that movie had. Remarkable staying power. It ended up making $172 million. That's what it was. I knew it was a hit, but yeah, slow out of the gate, but big by the end. 
Yeah, and worldwide, $415 million. So at first, people were talking Jeez. about it like it was this huge tanker. Yeah. And it went on to be a monster hit. So great for Hugh Jackman because this was a passion project for him. He's such a talented guy. It's yeah. a musical, right? Yeah. Is it from the guy that made like Moulin Rouge and Australia? Ooh, I don't I think so. I don't think so either. Never mind. <laughs> what was his name now? No, I gotta oh, look that up. I don't Moulin know. Rouge director. It's uh, it's on the tip of my tongue, Boz Lerman. Yes. Yeah. Right. No, it's not him. Okay. Uh, up next, a review of a shockingly good movie from Steven Spielberg. You're listening to The Couch Potatoes. Brett McGarry, Jeff Braun, we are The Couch Potatoes. I saw a movie this week, just came out last weekend, and if you're on the fence, let me tell you what I thought of Steven Spielberg's Ready Player One. From director Steven Spielberg comes a world where you can do anything and be anyone. Aaron Giant! Shocking! Calm. Cool. Based on the 2011 book of the same name by author Ernest Klein, the movie is set in 2045 and follows a young man named Wade Watts who lives in Columbus, Ohio. The world is overpopulated and, quite frankly, kind of gross. So people escape the real world by entering a virtual one called The Oasis. They called our generation the missing millions. Missing not because we went anywhere. There's nowhere left to go. Nowhere except the Oasis. It's the only place that feels like I mean anything. A world where the limits of reality are your own imagination. And in the Oasis... You can do anything. We can dance if we want to. Go anywhere. We can stay where we want to. Be anyone. Tall, beautiful, scary, a different sex, different species. You can climb Mount Everest with Batman. Cool. Wow, so much slower here. You forget what it's like to be outside. You heard a Batman reference in that clip, and in the first clip there was a reference to the Iron Giant, King Kong, Chucky, that's the psychotic doll from the Child's Play movies. The primary car we see in this film is the DeLorean from Back to the Future. Robocop is there, Marvin the Martian is there, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and the Battletoads, an obscure Nintendo reference there. The pop culture references are endless, and that leads to something... Interesting about the book. Now, I've not read it, but I have read many comments from people who have read it, and they either worship it or want to burn it. Those who hate it say it's not a story. It's just a battering of pop culture references that just go on and on and on. Also, because the movie is mostly spent inside a video game, there is a ton of CGI, so that's always a bit of a red flag for me. And for fun, here's another pop culture reference. Okay, here. Clark Kent. I'm not wearing that. <laughs> Ready Player One was the big winner at the box office last weekend. $41 million. Its worldwide total as of a couple of days ago, $238 million, which is impressive. But I still went into this movie skeptical, even with the decent reviews it got. It's at 74% on Rotten Tomatoes, and I said that it's a shockingly good movie from Steven Spielberg, which kind of seems like uh, maybe a bit of a contradiction there. But I I say shockingly because I was kind of expecting this to not be good. I know. It seems like it's sort of, like it's trying too hard to be what you would want something like this to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just when I first saw the trailer, I thought, what is that? 
So I'm happy to say I was pleasantly surprised. Ready Player One was a fun adventure. And I, if I saw this when I was a kid, it would have just blown <laughs> my mind. I, it would probably be my favorite movie uh, after Return of the Jedi. That was my favorite movie when I was a kid. As an adult, it still blew my mind. The visuals were simply incredible. It is available to see in 3D, and it seems like the kind of movie that just begs to be seen in 3D if you like 3D, because animated stuff I find always looks better in 3D, and this movie is mostly animated. But the day I went to see it, there was a 12.15 screening and a 3.30 screening. I got off work at 11.30, didn't want to wait until 3.30, so I went to the 12.15, but that one was not in 3D. The 3.30 one was in 3D. So anyway, I just saw it in regular 2D. And while I did enjoy it very much in 2D, I kind of want to go back and see it again in 3D. I should also add that I saw it at Landmark Cinemas. For the last few months, they've been upgrading many of their theaters across Canada to recliner seats, like full recliner seats. I'm a fairly big guy, over six feet tall. I had no issues with legroom whatsoever. It's, it's quite remarkable, actually. What's the issue you had, though? I almost fell asleep. Yeah, there you go. It's a little too comfortable. <laughs> there were, <laughs> yeah, I did. Because I, when you put your legs up, that's how I always fall asleep at home. And I put my legs up on the chair in so front of me. just triggered you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, getting off at 1130 means you start the day a little early. Mm-hmm. As mentioned, the movie is spent mostly in the Oasis, so we don't get to see the faces of the actors too often. Ty Sheridan plays Wade. He was Cyclops in X-Men Apocalypse. Not that I expect you to remember that movie because it sucked. Olivia Cook, who co-starred in Bates Motel. She plays one of Wade's allies in this fin- film. Ben Mendelsohn plays the bad guy. Sorrento, we actually see a lot of him in the real world because he is a great villain. He was the bad guy for Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Simon Pegg's also in it alongside Mark Rylance. I'm okay, actually, with most of the movie being in the Oasis because it's a really neat place. Virtual reality, but as your favorite character in life. And with Steven Spielberg at the helm, he manages to tell the story of some brave young people fighting against the evil grown-ups. It's a thin story, and ultimately even the big special effects start to feel a bit like a drag. At 2 hours, 20 minutes, it's a tad long in the tooth. But the visuals are the kind of thing the big screen is made for. It is a spectacle for sure. Three and a half couch cushions out of five for Ready Player One. That's all the time we have. I'm Brad, he's Jeff. We are the Couch Potatoes. Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And remember, if it requires getting up off the couch, don't bother. Don't bother.